1: Hi, I'm Ken Jennings. All of us here at Jeopardy want to thank you for your service to our nation. We truly honor and appreciate you, and what's more, we're looking for contestants like you to play on our show. So head to Jeopardy.com now and take the anytime test, and we're looking forward to seeing you soon right here on the Alex Trebek stage. And Welcome to America's Heroes Group, this time a round community outreach with Lack. And now, today is Saturday, Saturday, September, November 18, 2023. Happy Thanksgiving. That's coming up this Thursday. I hope you guys have a great Turkey Day, especially those overseas serving our country. November's Military Family Appreciation, National Family Caregiver, and Alzheimer's Disease Awareness Month. Our host is Kip Cully. I'm Sean Claymore, the co-host. Our executive producer is Glenda Smith. Our digital media producer is Ivan Ortega of Scouts Honor Productions. And we have a partner with us. That's Denisa D. James. She's a U.S. Army uh, Iraq combat veteran, CEO of Repatriate Our Patriots, and the subcommittee veterans chair of LULAC. And we have a panelist with us, Lavera Lazaro, U.S. Marine Corps veteran and commander of the VFW Post 7 Don Diego. How are you guys doing today?
0: Hi, thank you for Good. having us. Uh, we're doing great.
1: So you guys collaborated on, on H.R. 4569. Tell us about that and what does that mean? Start with Danitza.
0: Thank you, Sean. The Veterans Service Recognition Act, it was introduced by the house um democrat um mark Takano, and it's really a, the veterans recognition that is, will require the department of defense um to collaborate on a study right to for non-citizen veterans so that they are they can be assisted to come back but also to stop future deportations and that is like extremely important part, right? It will mandate the DOD to keep track and make sure that they their naturalization is completed before they leave the military
2: service.
1: That sounds like a great improvement because tell us before, because you had experiences with this before as well, tell us what the problem was for those who have not heard our previous broadcast. Um, there's people that serve our country and then what happens to them if they're not U.S. citizens in certain situations?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So for myself, right, I served in the military, and I was a legal permanent resident. That's something that um, you have to be a legal permanent resident in order to serve in the military. What does that mean? A lot of people know this as you have to have a green card, right? Um, So for that, there's really no process that that any of the branches, the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, have set up to make sure that they assist a service member in completing the process so that they can obtain their citizenship. For me, it happened because of deployment. I was deployed and I was not able to complete my naturalization ceremony before I left the military. So what happens when when you do that, now you are under the immigration laws. As a non-citizen you are under the immigration law and if you are um, if you get in trouble with the law you commit a crime right then that immigration law makes that offense a deportable offense Mm. and that is that is very it's very critical because so for example right i'm gonna give you paint a picture here if livy and i are both we both deployed We're war army. She's US citizen. I am not right. We get pulled over uh, because a tail light is out. And then there happens to be uh, a registered weapon in the car. So we both get charged for that. Right. Mm-hmm. And what happens is that she serves a time, pays a fee, right. And then she gets to move on and live her life for me. I don't get the same opportunity because I'm not a citizen, but we're both veterans. But the the, the military service of, that I did has nothing to do when it comes to that because an offense turns into an aggravated felony under the immigration law, which is what makes someone deportable. So for for Livy, right, for her, it's just, a, it's just a felony. She's okay. She just goes and serves her time, and that's it. For me, under the immigration law, it turns into an aggravated felony, which makes me deportable,
1: now, and it shouldn't La- have okay. never happened. Yeah, so Miss Lazaro, can you tell us what um, this means to you? And then also, what are some of the, the consequences of someone who's deported, say the deported to Mexico, to south of the border? Yeah. Um, do they still access their benefits um, if, they're, if they served in the military?
2: No, um actually thank you for having me. I am a retired army veteran. Um, Iraq as well. And um you know, what it what it makes for me is that like, when I found out about seven years ago, um I, I could you know, I couldn't I couldn't believe it. Like our veterans that I met, how I found out was the veterans that we have in T4 now. And no, like even if somehow they did have a claim, um already decided before they left, there's no access to care. They can't cross and go to the VA and there's definitely nothing down there for for them. And uh, as Vanessa was just saying, um, <clears throat> comparing both, I actually could compare myself to Laura Mesa, who is one, uh, the one female that we just currently brought back, she's a veteran. Um, she suffered military sexual trauma, went to combat, came out, you know, um, got out just honorably, um, had a hard time adjusting, had a lot of trauma, started um, self-medicating with weed. These stories are pretty similar as far as in and out of the legal system, but once we both served our time, she got deported, and then she was out in Costa Rica for 16 years. She served her time in jail, then she served time in ICE, then got deported. So it's just it's insane, and then they—they're out there with no, no mental health, no uh, doctors, no access to any other veterans. Um, it's just in, in a huge injustice. I still get so shocked at how many veterans we have out there because there's a lot of different reasons for deportation, but all the ones that I know that have, you know, happened to where happened to where. Um, we have, uh, you know, uh, some of our veterans have gotten deported or committed a crime. You know, they are accountable for what they did. They, they served their time, yet they get punished twice and then get sent out to places where there is no care. There is nothing. And the only way that we can get them back right now without all of the work that everyone's doing to, to uh, push this movement and this bill is in a pine box if they die then they will send them back to us to bury with honor which i think is just a bigger slap in the face or you know just even more insult to injury with what's happening and we need a streamlined a streamlined way of doing you know giving citizenship just yesterday i ran into some army recruiters who at our post we always educate about this movement all four of them did not know that citizenship was not automatic, hmm. and they're the recruiting right now. So it needs to be like a standard. Are you saying the recruiters
1: didn't know, or the people that were signing up, the the recruits didn't know?
2: The recruiters didn't.
1: Wow! Not know. So they're telling, so they're selling, they're selling the idea that if you join the military, you'll become a citizen. But they didn't realize that that wasn't even even uh, true a reality.
2: No, that it was not automatic. One of them did have a story where he had helped someone, and I explained to him, good thing you ran into you because had there been leadership that was not supportive or a that was not supportive, then that wouldn't have happened for that 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 soldier. So, it, you know, and it's like even between them, some of them knew a little bit, but they're recruiting, they're saying that there's a pathway of citizenship, assuming that it's automatic, not even knowing that there's a whole process that needs to be um you know, gone through and complicated forms that they will need help with. It, they still didn't know that. So there's this huge break in the system. Can't promise something, America, without guaranteeing
1: it. to how long does it take typically if you go through the process to become, um, become a U.S. citizen through the military?
0: Well, through the military, it, right now, because we are at war, this is a, a wartime, it's supposed to be expedited and it can take up to six months. For any regular process, it can take up to a year or two. And something that a lot of people don't know is that, for example, if the form, the application is not filled out properly, they will return it to you and then you will have to start all over again. There was, I know, we were told of a story where a veteran did not put NA and the lines where there was no information to be put on there and they returned the application to them because they didn't approve of the N.A. on those lines.
1: So he missed the non-applicable abbreviation N.A. on a line that was a question that was asked but didn't apply to him. Yes. He, put N-A, he didn't put N.A., so it was a blank line and it got returned. Yes. Wow. Yes.
2: So any, it, it's you can't very type, meticulous- have any blank lines
1: on the application it sounds like.
0: And it's a very meticulous process, right? And when you're asking a 16 or a 17, well, actually a 17 or 18 year old, to fill out this paperwork by themselves, uh, you're asking a lot. And honestly, like for me and my personal experience, I had no idea what immigration forms even looked like or meant. My parents were the ones that took care of all of that, and so I thought that the legal office and the military would have helped me to do that but they didn't have a legal attorney who uh, who specialized in immigration. So the attorneys that the army had available for me, they didn't even know either.
1: Wow. So how far are you this is gonna be passed, this bill?
0: Well, we are really um, struggling right now because it seems like this, um, are both parties, they're, they're looking at this as a political issue, right? We have currently 41 co-sponsors and we only have two Republicans, which it was the original uh, sponsors who introduced the bill with Marta Cano. We have not had any other Republican um, counterpart to support this bill. And there, it's, it's unfortunate because it seems that they're making this a political issue when it's not um this is right it's something that the department of defense should have taken care of before the service member even left the military this should not even be a problem right so that is number one so they're they're seeing this from the immigration perspective and that's just the, the wrong way to do so we don't ask um nobody asked us right hey I, we're good enough to die for this country but we're not good enough to be given our citizenship, something that it was promised to us before we joined.
1: Miss Lazaro, can you tell us, give us an idea about how is it, how does it, what does it feel like to be deported, and what is the experience like if you're deported to a country where maybe you didn't grow up in?
2: Well, from what I have heard, from some, some
1: of our deported veterans, I mean, now, so when, Can you do me one favor, Miss Lazaro, can mind? you come closer to the phone? I think you, do you have yeah. us on speaker? I think you might have us on speaker.
2: I do, I do. Okay, hold
1: on a second. So we can hear you a little bit better. Can you hear me? That's much better.
2: Okay. Yes. Um. So, uh, one of the things that I have heard from, um, you know, some of our deported and repatriated veterans is they are sent to a country that they do not know. But then they are also sent there as an American veteran. Like this country knows that, that people know that, so they can be in danger. And there's been a lot of times where cartels have wanted to either kidnap our veterans or hurt them because of the skills that they know we do have. And they're out there, they're lost, they don't have you know any, any family that they know there. It's not a country that they know. And we're also putting them in danger because now their country sees them as an American. They pledge loyalty to this country. They, they are an American. So we're not only like disposing of them like that, we're putting them in danger.
1: And if you're separated from your family, do you often see the family go with the person, the veteran, or who's going to another country? Or do they stay here in the United States?
2: No, the family will usually stay here in the United States, keep working to try to get the veteran back. But it splits the family up. Some that have been out for 2025, the family unit has broken down completely. Um, Some relates, like with our veteran, Hector Baraz, he has an older daughter who he barely has any relationship with because of the deportation. And sometimes new families are gotten, um, you know, when they're deported, they start a family down there. And then you have to think about that when they are coming back to deportation. So it's always a separation of the family. And depending on what country they're deported to, because we do have deported veterans, in 50 countries. It might not be as easy as the ones that we have. If you want to be able to get to the border, we have the in Kenya, in Brazil, um, in Germany, you know, we might not get as close access to be able to let them know that we support them, let them know that, like, we're still fighting and, and, you know, until they all come home. But we really need this bill to be passed. It is definitely a bipartisan bill. It has immigration in it only because America did not uphold its promise of citizenship the first time it's not an immigration bill it's a veteran bill and it just needs to be seen as that like it has immigration because they didn't do it right the first time and we're trying to prevent that now.
1: now Ms. Denitza so if someone say joins a the military they're from a, nor- from a foreign country they know least do their service they didn't get uh, naturalized or didn't become a U.S. citizen through the military um, how hard is it for them to, to to just on their own go and become a US citizen or do the, the application process just outside of the military when they get out of the military?
0: So right now, um, there are several states that are providing resources, right? For example, Texas has a Texas Veterans Commission that has pro bono attorneys to help service members both active duty and veterans to complete their immigration application. For example, I'm, I'm located in Virginia and I have not seen any immigration office I'm not saying there are not any out here but they're just not as as uh, available to service members and veterans so it can still uh, take up to a year or two to complete that process, not to mention the fees that they have to pay for the applications.
1: how expensive is it?
0: Well, I know that one of the applications, the fee is $400 just for the initial application and then the fees just keep coming up, for example, even for some of the veterans that came back on humanitarian parole, in order for them to apply for an extension, they have to pay $750 just for the application. It's not reimbursable if they don't get approved.
1: Wow. and then if the, is it easier to become a US citizen if you have military service on your on your resume? Well, some?
0: it's easier simply because it's could be expedited when you're active duty, right? But it's you um as something that a lot of people don't know or may think that they joined the military so they can get their citizenship, but that is not the case. So for my in my experience, I already had a green card. I was already here legally and I could have just Continue the process and apply for my naturalization without joining the military. So I do really don't need the military service. But because we are at wartime, um, the process is expedited and some of the fees are waived. That is really the only difference. Um, and I do I I know we're getting close to our, our time, but I do want to share before we go that we recently I want to share this with the audience because. This is one of the injustices, right, that we see that veterans are not allowed to come back when they are deported, but they can come back if they're dead. They can come back to the United States and be buried at a national cemetery with full honors. And this happened yeah. just a couple of months ago. Uh, a Vietnam veteran passed away in Juarez, Mexico. His appendix ruptured and he did not have the healthcare or the money to pay to be seen. And the ICE department, DHS, denied his request for humanitarian parole. And they said that it was not an emergency. He died three days later. Wow. Yeah.
1: And they can't visit the US. They have to basically stay outside the country. No, nope. correct. Wow! Well, I appreciate you guys coming yeah. on our show again and giving us this information because I think a lot of people do not realize, understand, um, as particularly for people that are that are um, here, that are from other countries that are not U.S. citizens that join the military, that have the idea that they will become U.S. Mm-hmm. citizens if they serve, yeah. thinking that it's an automatic thing when it's when, <coughs> when it's really not it's
0: not yeah correct yeah it's not and right now like for example we've been trying to get a hold of um mike both from chicago and he has not answered our calls he is not a co sponsor of this bill and what that tells me is that he's not supporting our military services our military branches that took a note to protect and defend this country
1: denisa d james yes. love, lavier lazaro thank you for your time
0: Thank you. Thank you,
1: Sean. You guys have a great weekend. You too. This is America's Heroes Group. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group podcast. Don't
0: forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit AmericasHG.org.